Welcome to another edition of Beats and Real Talk. I am your host, Mr. Coleman ATL, along with my because you something you say. Oh, okay, okay, I got it. All right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Beats and Real Talk, the only podcast speaking to creatives of color and music and film, and discussing how they use their art to push the culture forward with positive contributions. Uh, I am your host, Mr. Coleman ATL. And I am Danny the Filmmaker, rep in Philly, living that ATL life. Yes, indeed. And today we have a very uh, different uh, format. Um, we have special guests, and those guests are the people you're hearing right now. It's just us two. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you know, we felt like we've had a multitude of people and, and really uh, have spoke, have uh, talked to a lot of interesting people, but a lot of people don't really know who we are. And so we wanted to, uh, you know, just have an episode where get to know about us, who we are, what we do. And so, um, you know, I think it's um, we've had a good, uh, you know, a good steady flow of people. So now time to take a little break. And so, um, yeah, so that's that's what we're doing today. Um, well, how, you know, what's 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 going on with you, Danny? What's um, you know, how you doing today? Uh, I'm doing quite all right today. You know, I, if people don't know much about me, uh, one thing I do want you to know is that I'm big on mental health. And today I had one of my therapy sessions and it was absolutely wonderful. And awesome. um, just, yeah, so I, I definitely uh, stress that, that um, mental health is key, is part of the body that we need to take care of as well. So I'm having a good Friday, I mean, excuse me, Friday, man, I'm having a good Thursday. Awesome. <laughs> That's good. That's real good. Yeah. Um, you know, me, I, um, very busy day, um, with the, you know, I have kids, so doing the whole remote learning, uh, remote learning thing, um, you know, keeps, keeps me on my toes, you know, so, uh, yeah, very, uh, worn out today, <laughs> but, but, uh, I'm make it it's going okay so far. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's going pretty good. It's, it's going pretty good, you know. Had to, I had to shuffle some things okay. around, uh, my schedule, start scheduling and stuff. But you know, hey, make it work, you know. So, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Right. So, um, but yeah, um, and what, what, uh, what grades are, what grades are the, uh, are, are your kids in? Um, so my son is in eighth grade, and my daughter's in uh, preschool. So, um, you know, oh. we uh. Yeah, definitely a big gap there, but like I said, you know. Yeah, yeah. Make it work, yeah, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to make I'm I'm having a little glitchy day, but we're going to make it work today. That's what's up, yeah. So, um, I guess first off, um, I kind of just wanted to kind of want to give a brief, uh, just a brief background each of us um you know myself um you know born and raised here in atlanta um and it's crazy because i've always films uh, growing up um and wrote short stories as a kid um and it was interesting like uh so my mother moved uh, back in january and she had a bunch of old 
like stories I wrote when I was like a little kid, and I was like, wow. So it's me wanting to get into screenwriting, kind of came full circle because I mm-hmm. did music for a while and pursued that, mm-hmm. and then a couple of years ago, really started becoming um, really piqued my interest in you know writing scripts, and um, you know you know went ahead and got masters in creative writing uh, for for a film at Full Sail and uh, just you know studied and you know continue continually mm-hmm. you there Chris I don't know if that's yeah. with me I, I don't know about it with me okay yeah, you glitched out a little bit on my end okay yeah sorry about that I had a call going on so yeah um uh, went from screenwriting, which I'm still doing and learning, uh, now learning the camera, you know, um, as far as, and also learning post-production also. So, um, yeah, very interested in, you know, in, um, telling stories, crafting stories. And so, um, you know, and then I, I think I met you at an event they had here in Atlanta, uh, for indie filmmakers a couple years ago. And then we just kind of, you know, linked up or whatever. And so, um, you know, then I'll, I'll let you tell your story how you how you came here. So, yeah. So, um, I am originally from Philadelphia, born and raised on a playground where I spent most of my days. That's <laughs> it, it's it's truthful. It's truthful. So I had to put it in there. I'm sorry. That's kind of cool. But um, yeah. So I come from a um a film and a music background. Um, from me being uh, independent as a filmmaker and also working with independent artists back at home. Uh, That actually came first with me working with Foreground Entertainment. Um, It was an independent label back in uh, Philly. We had some really great talents that we were working with. I was managing some of them. I was also doing some of the uh, video work as well. We had a real good team and things were going well. We had um, we were working with a, a lot of local artists, such as uh, Freeway, uh, back oh. in the day when uh, Elliot Ness was he was popping. Back in the day, we was working with him, so uh, we had a nice, good run. Um, unfortunately, things you know, people went their separate ways, and that's how it went. But you know, had we continued on, and it's 2020, I definitely, you definitely would see a difference on where everyone is in this stage of life, but. Um, that's how things went. And I could just continue on with my filming and started going to uh, school. And that's what I did. And um, I went to CCP. I got a, um, a degree in uh, videography, which was something I wanted to do. But it also, but the thing is, is that was for me financially, the best thing for me to do versus me going to like an art institute, which was like $50,000 more, right, <laughs> you know, right. um, so that was my best thing because although it was a degree within that that video, they also we also learned a lot about film as well. So I think that they they should revamp that title because we learned a lot about film. We de- we definitely did learn about film. We got a lot of hands on, and my professors, uh, several of my professors, was like, when you go to Temple, you're going to know a lot more than any of them in that same field because you've had so many so much so many hours with that hands-on experience so that's basically where i went so i started doing short films i've done um uh, uh my first short film that came out in um 2011 and then after that i i 
I did five of them. Then I did a web series in 2014. Um, I shot a couple of music videos in Philly. Um, and then I said, hey, Atlanta has always been my spot. So I packed up everything with nothing sing minute here in Atlanta. I just said, I'm leaving. And March of 2018, I hit the road. I came here and I've been here since making moves and still progressing within the film industry. That's awesome. Yeah. It has take, taking that leap of faith, um, is definitely, uh, commendable, you know, going to a place that you, you know, you don't really, don't really know anybody. So, um, right. so yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, so yes, yeah. Um, who are some of your uh, filmmaking, uh, um, you know, influences? influences? Yeah, that you uh, look up to. Okay. Growing up, I didn't have many, and I didn't know many female influencers, so they were always male. So Spike Lee was always, you know, uh, my go-to guy. That's I, I pretty much have every single one of his films. I pretty much saw every single last one of them. Um, he's always been my go-to guy. I actually, I had one of my cousins, she used to call me Spike D. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's definitely, he's definitely, uh, the one who, who broke it open for me being that, you know, my age and, and coming up in the eighties and seeing his films. Um, and then from there, then came, uh, John Singleton definitely. and, you know, you know, John Singleton, he, he just, he he did an amazing job with that. Um, and then came along. Uh, I had other ones too, but though these, I'm naming the big ones, the top three. And then uh, you had uh, Mr. Tyler Perry, who studios is literally around the corner from right. me right now. And um, yeah, they came along and then, <clears throat> excuse me. And then came Miss Ava and I was like blown away. And I was like, oh, wow, Ava DuVernay. And, and you know, she just started blowing stuff out of the water. So those are the top four and five right now because he is doing his damn thing is Jordan Peele. So you taking all mine. See, I, I, I got I to I come with a different answer now because you, you named Peele. Great minds right. think alike, man. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. Yep. Um, I, um, yeah, I, that's definitely a solid list. Um, I remember, um, even like, like watching Spike Lee movies, the, um, the unique cinematography and the, and the way, um, the way he tells the story is unique. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll even when I was younger watching the movies, I was always intrigued by that. Um, so yeah, I definitely would have to say Spike Lee as well. Um, yeah, John Singleton. Um, I'm I'm gonna throw. I, I know we 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 highlight people of color, but I got I gotta throw this person in just because I think um, the the edginess of what he does, I respect it a lot, and that's Quentin Tarantino. Um, Oh yes, yes. Oh yeah. The, uh, oh yeah. Yeah, just the that's like like the the way he does that thing where he tells the story four or five times, but from each character's point of view, like I love that. I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, um, he's been doing it since the first film I saw, which was Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs, yeah. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Um, also got to say, um, um, yeah, Ava DuVernay. Um, Mm-hmm. Is definitely um, one of my heroes. Um, when they see us, mm-hmm. was so well crafted. Um, I like her attention to detail um, mm-hmm. with the characterization. Um, um, also, got to go with uh, Jordan Peele, of course. Um, and it was was it was funny about that is when I, when I remember when Get Out first came out, I was like. I thought it was a comedy, so I didn't get it. I was like, what is this? You know, I don't see this, but then... I did, too. Yeah, I was like, this must be funny or something, because, you know, that's all like those comedies, and then mm-hmm. and then it comes out, right. and you see, like, oh, wow, this is really, you know, this is compelling content, so... Um, and right. then... Um, let's see. Who did I leave off? I don't know I'm leaving off. I'll leave, I'll leave somebody off. Um, I like um, I like Ryan Coogler. I like what he, stuff he's doing. Um Yes, and mm-hmm. his his new the new movie he's produced. Well, he has a couple. Uh, he's um doing space Space Jam two, um mm-hmm. you know. So definitely take the kids to see that. But then the one I'm really excited about is Judas and the Black Messiah, um the story about yes. Fred Hampton yes. and um and how the FBI and CoinTelPro. If anyone who doesn't know what CoinTelPro is, Google it. It's yeah, this country's Please. been doing some dirt. But yeah, how they you know. They got one of his, one of his right hand men to, to, to cooperate with them and ended up using that to you know kill him and so um, and they have Daniel Kaluuya oh, playing. True story. Hampton. Yeah, true story. And it's like, well, that's mm-hmm. one thing I find interesting is many times when when an actor casts a role like Daniel Kaluuya does not look anything like Fred Hampton, but when I saw the trailer, he sounded and had just like him had his mannerisms and so uh, that's always been interesting to me is how. Many times, a character does ne- does not necessarily have to look like the act the the person they're portraying, but if they can embody them, that's more important. So, um, but yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to that movie. Um, and I also got to say to another one of my um, uh, non uh, people of color directors, Christopher Nolan, love love his movies. I, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to seeing uh, Tenet with David Washington. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's gonna kill it. So. So yeah, that's um that was sort of mine. So um Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I agree with you on all of those and I can definitely add in some more um, Lena if I too. wanted to, but I gotta, I gotta add Lena. But, she's, she's yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Lena is in there and uh yeah, definitely. So it's definitely what you said about um Ryan Coogler and casting him and and not looking the part per se is the same thing that happened with R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman when he was playing Thurgood Marshall. Yes, and it's true. You know, he didn't look the part, but he embodied that man like it was crazy. Yeah, he did. And as long as you, like you said, as long as you're able to capture that essence and that purpose, that, that person, then you can do it. Um, I don't know if he was going using um, method acting when he was doing that, like really embodying him. But however, he definitely pulled off a really good performance in Thurgood Marshall. He did. And also um, um, James Brown, too. I think he did a good job on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, I I would say all of them. Yeah, on all his roles, he, 
if you look at his movies, he really didn't didn't really do a bad film that I can think of. There there was a film called um it was there was a Netflix movie called Message Message from the King. Anyone yep, like, I saw like, that. He was it was but it was crazy because he was, you know, African. I was like, man, it's, it's like T'Challa going without the without the suit and just beating everybody exactly. up. Exactly. Like, you know, he's just, exactly you know. <laughs> and so uh it was really good. And he I watched him um he was on uh the shop, uh, LeBron James' show and um Oh, okay. I gotta yeah, catch the, that. Yeah, the, the the season opener with um it was him, um uh Trey Young, shout out to the Hawks, um um Roddy Rich and um Patrick Patrick Mahone and a couple other people. But um he was saying how there like he get he would get offered certain roles but he would not take them because there's a certain level of quality that he was looking for in telling a story. And he didn't mm-hmm. want, you know, he didn't want to basically play the stereotypical roles that most, they offer most of us. And so, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's, he's, he, he was more, he was more with the art as opposed to just getting a paycheck. And so that's to be, um, you know that's commendable. Um, yeah, because uh, you know not everyone does that, and just the fact that he was giving giving us that a high level of acting, and but sitting there in in pain, like and, high, and just and just bearing through and not complaining, just it was like wow, he like he really bore that cross, you know, like like man, he that was that was really something. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. It, it, it was it sad was to learn, but it was like, well, we know he's not suffering anymore, so take peace in that. Right. But it was still, still heartbreaking to see, you know, to hear to hear about the loss of, the loss of him. So, so it yeah. was, and that's what I had told um, my therapist, you know, because you know we always start with her asking me, you know, how I'm doing, and and um, I had to, you know, of course, being honest, it's like this last week was very trying. You know, I had a lot of emotional days last week because him passing was unexpected you know I didn't know him as a person but just seeing his character um just you just to me you just felt that presence like you could tell like he was a genuine person but I do know several people in the industry um that have met him and they've all said the same thing all of them said the same thing and you know also us being uh the same age um, it was unexpected. He had so much talent in him and so much more to give and how he passed away. And, you know, I have a, a my uh, best friend passed away from uh, fighting, battling stage four colon cancer, excuse me, stage four ovarian cancer back in um, December. And uh-huh. then not only that, her birthday is coming up September the 8th. So, you know, it's just, it, it was really really emotional with that because it's just like wow like it took me back to when Aaliyah passed away Uh, you know it's like you know like oh my god like she was just in her prime and the same with him and so much more to go and it was just like wow so so yeah she was like out of all of the celebrity deaths that happened you know we I've had some impactful ones of course like Michael Jackson Prince and Whitney and all them but the really really impactful ones have been so far for me is Chadwick Boseman and Aaliyah okay okay. and yeah Mm -hmm. and and like I said and so with him it's just it was just really uh no gratifying that he 
did the work that he did and he was playing and making and, and doing it intentionally. It's so many people who like ask me so much like, oh, well, how much is it in independent filmmaking? That's see, that's that that's the 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 thought that I'm not having because I'm not chasing the check. I'm chasing my dream, and eventually right. that check is going to eventually come. That's going to come, and right. yeah, and even if it doesn't come, and you know, and Lord, you know, forbid that I'm taken off this earth tomorrow. I still have work that I've done that I that I can be proud of and say, hey, at least I was fulfilling my life dream and doing what I was supposed to doing what I wanted to do. So, you know, being successful is all in perspective to that person, but it's never been a money game for me on trying to say, oh, I'm trying to do this so I can gain some money or whatever the case may be, because that's not my passion. The passion is not the money. The passion is the filmmaking. And now I understand why in my opinion, why he did that, why he declined that. Um, if you saw the Kevin Hart, um, when Netflix, what was, what's his special on Netflix when he was, yeah, uh, like behind his, his he like was, uh, he had, well, not like, so it was like a documentary about him. Yeah. Yeah. The name of it, but. It, yeah. It's like, what now? I think that's what it was. What so. now yeah. or something. And yeah. And he had a meeting with Chadwick cause he wants to redo a old, uh, comedy it was the, um and he was talking about the honeymooners or something yeah i forget the name but it was uh-huh. yeah the odd couple um no it wasn't a honeymoon it was the, just I mean, like odd couple. um no there's another one he was no there was another one, one that he was talking about um in addition to the odd couple it was um uh it's one of those uh oh wow I'm so it's escaping me right now but as far as one of the those classic 70 movies with a lot of different uh, people in it, uh, a lot of big name people. And that's something that he's trying to attempt. So, you know, he was looking at talking to Idris Elba about coming through in it and everything of that nature. And when he asked Chad, when it sat down with him, I could see in his face, like, he was like, well, let me get back. You know, let me think about it, get back to you. I could see in his face, like, nah, I don't right, want to do right. this, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> and it makes sense yeah. now. It makes sense. Like it, it, it's full circle now. So I yeah. get it. Yeah, his um, the um, his performance in the Five Bloods was was stellar. Um, and uh, did you mm-hmm. uh, did you see the interview that uh, I don't know the guy's name, but he was he was in the Five Bloods, and he was saying that he, he yeah, told, um, but, Clark yeah, mm-hmm. I, that, that broke my heart because it was like. You know, he he felt so bad because he was like, "Oh, this dude's arrogant. He's getting massages and not knowing that no, he needs that care because he had the cancer." And so it was like, "But that's a good lesson. It's a good exactly. lesson. Never judge, you know, because you don't know what people are going through." And you know, mm-hmm. it's um, you know, I I thought it was beautiful that he married his girlfriend on his deathbed. That was that was cool. And so, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that definitely. That, I'm glad that was something that he was able to fulfill. Um, hopefully they they made some arrangements. Maybe she can eventually have a child by him. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, sure. who knows? But you know, if they thought that far, that would be dope as hell. But if not, then as long as he he, I believe everything happens for a reason. And that man worked his ass off with no one knowing. He was in pain. He did commendable work. He 
um, I had taken my mom to go see uh, 21 Bridges. That was a good movie as well. No, that's what I was seeing. I got to see that. So, yeah. That movie, 21 Bridges, was pretty good. It was pretty, pretty good. You know, him being a detective and, once again, him holding his standards high. Yeah. You know, so me, so people nowadays, because of what's going on with the tension with the police and everything in that nature, some people may have said, looked at him, oh, he taking his cop wool, but no, like he was, he, you see just the person he is, he just not taking any role. So he's taking a role being a detective, but he's being a awesome right, detective, right. you know, so he's taking these roles that can and he's just making them great and he has a wonderful wonderful body of work that he left here in his short amount of time and it, it, it's just amazing and I, and I hope that people can really we should have been doing it before not judging a book by its cover but I think we really should definitely now take 20 steps back before we do it now because this man has so many people in their feelings because of the perception they had yeah. of him when they saw him frail in that video when they saw him getting massages and everything of that nature we have to stop doing that yeah. to each other we have to stop that we don't know anyone's situation facts facts yes indeed um so um now speaking of the police all right yeah that's, that's... speaking of the police <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All this racial injustice going on. Yeah. Um, I saw there's <laughs> so apparently there was a video um from Rochester, New York, where um his brother was right. running down the street um uh naked and the police came and put a hood over his I still don't understand what like they put a hood over his face and then then choked him like did pretty much the same thing they did to George Floyd and, you know, choked him out till he died. Um, and my thing is, see, here's, here's, here's the problem. I don't, you know, they'll say, oh, well, he was jogging down the street naked or like, okay, that person does not deserve to be killed. They obviously need a mental health professional, you know, some clothes, probably mm-hmm. some food, a place, you know, a warm place mm-hmm. to, to sleep. They don't need to be killed. If they're running down the street naked, that's the person obviously needs some help. Um, I think that um, when they talk about defunding the police, um, I think that is a good idea because you could allocate funds for something like a mental health task force. And like I said, I understand, you know, there are some people when you know, when they're called with mental health issues, they might be, mm-hmm. so, you know, there would need to be some level of discretion right there. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, um, like this brother Rochester, he obviously needs some help and they just, I mean, just killed him for, for nothing. Right. Now, have you seen the video? Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I have to, I didn't, I didn't want to watch it, but I'm, I'm going to though. Um, so, yeah, so a friend of mine posted about it on Facebook, and I asked him, was there a say, yeah, he didn't want to post it there. He sent it to me personally, so I watched it. And yes, they killed him, plain and simple. You have a man that's point blank naked. You have him handcuffed. It's in January, so it's cold. You hear him talking, and you clearly hear that he is not there mentally. 
he is uh, spitting at them. So then that's when they put the, you know, the gag bag or the spit bag or whatever over your head. But that's it. And they have their distance apart from him because behind, mind you, it's January. So this is the beginning of COVID. Right. So he's in the middle of the, of the street and they're just and they have their distance around him. He's not going to cause any harm to anyone because he one doesn't have any weapons because he's naked laying on the floor, I mean, sitting on the ground, and now he has a bag over his head. And they put the bag over his head. Actually, he asked for the bag. He said, give me that bag, give me that bag. And they put him over there. And then, you know, he's talking about Jesus, and he's talking about looking at, you know, look at this, his look at his his genitalia, look at this big, I'm like, you could clearly hear wow. he is having some kind of mental issue. Right. So he begins to start spitting again. Now, mind you, he already has the spit bag over his head. So why do you care? And you have your distance from him. One of the gentlemen, excuse me, I'm not even going to call it gentleman. One of the cops came behind him and grabbed the bag and pulled it tighter on his mouth oh, so it oh. can stop spitting. I don't I didn't understand that. Yeah. I didn't understand that. He was on the ground handcuffed. He had a bag over his head. Each officer was at least 10 feet away from him. So why did you need to do that? Yeah, I I really think that, you know, people say, well, they need more training and stuff. I think that's BS because there, I, I watched a video the other day when a white gentleman was cussing at the police Um had his gun on him, pointing at the police, and they subdued him and arrested him, and he was taken alive. So no, it's not the training because they 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 can they utilize that training you know when it's not one of us, right? So you have evil people who don't like people that look like us, and they given the chance to abuse that power, they do so. Um, exactly, it's it's just. Seeing and, someone as human, right? Yeah, and, and, and like I, like I said, I, I made a post the other day. I don't know if you saw it where I was. Um, I, I went to go vote, and uh, I was mm-hmm. I was downtown. Um, mm-hmm. and it was an elderly, an elderly black woman who was walking on Marietta Street, uh, naked, had no clothes on, and I was like, I mean, what do I do? Do I, you know, I don't want to call the police because they might go and killer you know you don't know so it's, mm-hmm. you know it's just like mm-hmm. you know exactly. and I was like, this, is, this is exactly why I didn't because this, things like this happen exactly you know, but, like, but like what if there was a number where hey you know I can call and they they, they show up and you know bring clothing and food and, and take them to get some help you know that you know that's that is what should be going on and that's that- the, you know I feel like that's the only solution it is going on, Chris. And I'm going to give you a little fun fact. Okay. The city of Eugene, Oregon has been successfully defunding the police oh. for 30 years. And oh. it saves the city $8 million a year. 20% of the phone calls go to an outside entity. Yeah. And only one percent of those calls actually need a police officer. Wow. Hmm. 
they've been doing it successfully for 30 years. So it works. Wow. And now Denver has started a similar program, which started in June. And they have about six months to prove that it works before they cut ties with it. But this provides jobs for people in the mental health industry. It also relieves a lot of, it it relieves stress from some of the police departments if they're talking about how stressed they are. Give that, you know, give it to that other entity. And once again, they've been doing it for 30 years and they showed it. So if it's not working, why are they doing it? These cities need to have every person from their the police department go to Oregon, go to Eugene and figure it out and bring it back to your city. Right. Yeah. Plain and simple. Because it shows and proves that it works. Yeah. That's true. You know, in me having a, a child who is um, on the autism spectrum, you know, mm-hmm. I worry that now he gets older because, you know, sometimes when he has a hard time communicating, he gets frustrated. He throw a little like a, like a tantrum. And right. I'm like, man, like what happens when he's like 16 and a cop, right? you know, says something to him and he doesn't understand. And, you know, I mean, it's... You know, it's scary. You know, and, exactly, uh, exactly. And I, uh, you know, and it's, it's it's crazy because when I get aggravated when I when you know when you see people speak out about this stuff and they say, "Oh, well, that that's like I think someone said like there was uh, I forget who it was. They were saying something about the Eli- Elijah McClain case, and they're like, "Oh, well, here they go with the left with that left winged the left winged." Uh, you know, propaganda, like, no, so, like respecting someone's life and not taking their life is not politics, in my opinion. That's exactly for someone's life. It's not, it's not propaganda. Like that's, it's not, it's not left wing. It's having respect for someone's life, plain and simple. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. you know, and so exactly, and and that's all it is. It's like a lot of these videos we see. It's just a lot of it is common sense. I'm sorry, a lot of it is common sense. At the end of the day, if you can't handle common sense, if you don't know how to critically think, if you don't know how to diffuse a situation, then you are not in the correct field. And it's funny because I just had a conversation as my uh, good friend back home, Maurice. Uh, We 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 um, he lost his uh, phone. He lost my phone number. So he had to reach out to me on Facebook. And then after that, we were talking for hours on the phone. And he was telling me about a friend of his who happens to be a white gentleman um, who has a, uh, a billy club and a uh, and a officer badge, which is real because his grandfather used to be a police officer. So when he passed away, those were the items that he had given him. Huh. So. Now we're in the climate that we're in. So, you know, Maurice told me that um, his, his guy name is Eric. He likes to take it upon himself sometimes and put on that badge and wear that billy club and go around town being the town watch. Wow. <laughs> wow. And um, <laughs> he was uh, trying to... Uh, 
tell some female what to do. And she called the cops on him. And the cops came and he hid the billy club, but they took the um they took his uh, badge and he told them, look, this is my badge. So he had to produce paperwork to show that his grandfather had given it to him when he passed. So they gave it to him. And so he didn't oh. understand how people are being killed. And he was like, you don't understand. He was like, let me ask you a question, Eric. He said, what color were the cops that came in and, and talked to you? He said, black. He said, oh, so that's why you're still alive because you didn't get a white prick like you. Tough. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes indeed. That's, so that's wild. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm saying that is he has that mentality and because he has people connected through his lineage that used to be police officers. And so you have people like him walking around in our neighborhoods. You also have people like him who want to be a cop but they couldn't be a cop for whatever reason. That's also trying to do the same thing that he's doing. So not only do we have to battle the police officers who clearly don't care about humanity when it comes to a black or brown person. Now we have to deal with regular citizens who want to be, be top. Uh, what is it? Uh, what did he say? Uh, type top flight security. Top flight security. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's true. Oh, but that goes into um, in my opinion, voting. Right. Okay. That come, part of, well, excuse me, some of that comes with voting because <clears throat> if you are not paying attention to people in your local elections, which is right. very important, sometimes even extremely more important than the larger elections. This is true. But we refrain from these small elections that actually impact us. Right. Yeah, it's and it's important to, you know, be informed and um, look up the issues, look up what these people stand for, because I think a lot of times um, people tend to vote off of personality. I think that's just kind of human nature. Or like, oh, well, this person seems nice or this person looks attractive Mm-hmm. Or they mm-hmm. so yeah, I might vote for them, but it's like no, you need to look up what what do they stand for, what mm-hmm. have they stood for in the past, and you know, and thing is, it, it can be so it can be such a slippery slope because, um, you know, Biden gets a lot of flack for his ninety four crime bill, and he gets a lot of flack from people like me because I I you know I don't I'm not the he's hugest fan, but you know, he's better than what we have now, you know, but. When they were still, when they when the primary was still going on, people were criticizing Bernie because Bernie also put his name on the nine four crime bill, even though mm-hmm. he was, even though he was criticizing Biden for proposing. But mm-hmm. Bernie was saying, and it's, it's once you learn about the how politics works, it's like it's, it's nothing's cut and dry. There was a, there was it was like Bernie was saying that he he did not agree with like the the stop and frisk and things like that. But there was a piece in the crime bill that dealt with uh, men who uh, who were found guilty of sexually, uh, you know, um, like uh, violent sexual um, charge, like rape, things like that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that they would get us automatic, um, you know, an automatic, I forget how many years, but like it was a, a harsh, a very harsh sentence for doing that. 
Okay. And he okay. was saying that he supported because he supported that part of the bill to protect women. He, you know, you have, you know, you you, you can't support like a part of the bill. You have to sign the bill, you know. So right, that exactly. Was a part of the bill that he supported, and because you know he felt like it was needed to protect women, and so he yeah. had to support the bill as a whole. And so that's why it's hard to say like, oh, well, it's for this bill, but like, well, no, look at the details surrounding why they did it. And so exactly, that, that's and why you know it's, it's it's never really cut and dry. So exactly because these bills don't have just one just one issue in them. They have some you know multiple issues, yeah. plethora of issues. So you have to say so basically you 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 know it's what people saying. Oh, I gotta I gotta vote for the lesser of the evil. That's basically what they did with that bill. They said, look, I don't like this part, but in order for me to get this part, I have to sign or either I the part that I'm really invested in. If I don't sign, then those people don't get help. So where do I go? What do I do? Now, given that, um, I, I do want to bring this up and uh, I like to hear your, your views. I think you and I, we have somewhat different view on this, which is OK, mm-hmm. um, but. Um, you have Ice Cube who's being very vocal about um, his contract with Black America that he proposed mm-hmm. and he's saying that if Biden is not willing to meet at least meet with him to mm-hmm. discuss it and propose it and put it into effect that he's going to tell people to withhold the Black vote. So I want to know how do you feel about that Um you know, I think I think you're shooting yourself in the foot when you do that. Okay. Because no vote is a vote. That's how we have what we have now. Right. We have people back in 2016 that said, "I'm never going to. I never want a woman in office." You had people that said, um, "Oh well, she's going to win. I don't have to vote." Or either you had people that said. I'm not choosing between the lesser of the two evils, but now look where we are. Yeah. So if we don't learn from history, it repeats itself. And I can, and I understand I'm with Q. Yes, we need, but we need to look at the bigger picture. The bigger picture is getting them the hell out of here and then getting someone in there who we can say, look, you need to do this because guess what? In four more years, you're going to need us again. You have to use that as leverage in some kind of way. But no vote is a vote. And holding that vote is only going to get us four more years of the BS that we have right now, in my opinion. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's that's fair. That's fair. My my view is a little different. Um, I feel as though that we've never... Democrat, Republican, we haven't really gained traction either way. Mm-hmm. And we have an individual who is very outspoken, very reckless, but I feel as though he just says stuff in public that the other politicians on both sides say in private. That's just my opinion. Um, and so I feel like the, on- the only way that we will be able to get ahead is to achieve complete economic sustainability to um, when you talk about cooperative economics and um, only businesses and thriving, that's the only way 
we're not we're not gonna get I, we're not gonna get ahead just by voting for people because no I feel like the system is designed to it's it's not really designed to make real change. They still operate within the parameters of the two party system. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I was telling somebody else, like these people, you know, it's it's no different than when you see Thanos and Iron Man fight and then after they're done shooting on set, they're you know, after they've wrapped production, they're grabbing beer together. I feel right. like the same thing happens in politics. You got these people there, they're on stage debating. You know, after that's over, they're friends, you know. And so I feel like him. I'm not gonna, I'm not saying I'm not saying that we shouldn't vote. What I am saying is that I feel like the reason he's being so blunt with his ultimatum is to get their attention because what he's saying is the only way we can we're not going to get ahead just by voting you in because you're not going to do anything for us. We're going to get ahead by, you know, putting forth these these demands that will help us achieve economic sustainability. And I mm-hmm. saw I saw a post that someone said that someone posted that I feel like it really resonated with me. It said, you know, a lot of times they'll say, well, you know, your ancestors died for the right to vote, and and I, I have the utmost respect for that because my grandmother marched and protested, and I was I I, I get it. But they said, what if our ancestors were, they weren't, what if they weren't fighting for the right to vote, but they were fighting for liberation, which at the time they felt like voting was the best way to achieve that. Right. That, that was now, right. And now right. That, that we know that that's not necessarily the case, what if they would want us to go about it in a different way? That kind of, you know, just food for, food for thought. You know, and I, um, I totally, I totally agree with that. I told that was their only way of liberation. That was their only power they held at that time. Yeah, that was their only power to have, and I get it. But we, as a group, we can't even stop bickering over little, little minute things. So yes, we have to look at the bigger picture, which is the economics once again, yeah. because they were building for us to grow, but unfortunately the the elite i would rather say that and the elite or the whites or whoever you want to call them they didn't want us to grow so that's why we have so many tulsas that's why we have so many uh you know we have them in pretty much every city every part of the nation we had those because we've always tried to grow so our thing is we have to understand the power of our economics when we had that blackout day in my opinion just like um, when you want to change a habit in your life, you don't do it just one time. You constantly yeah. keep doing it. So you do it to where, okay, yeah, we started this month. It started July the 4th or whatever day you wanted to do. Great. We start that day for that month. And then August comes. Now we're going to do two days. Then September comes. Now we're going to do three days. Just slowly, st- slowly progressing and making it start making it into a habit to show people that we have to start building our empire empire and stop giving it to other people this is why we don't have leverage when it comes to these political realms because we don't have this you know we have an ice cube here but but we also and then going and i don't want to steer too far from that as well but you also have other people that have been doing the same thing ice cube has been doing that's been doing it for years before that so i want ice cube I know he's open to connect with other people, with any people, but with him doing this, 
definitely reach out to these people who have already been doing it because I don't want you to, I don't want them to feel like you're just stepping over them because you have this big name and now people are listening to you when they've been putting in the footwork for years now, yeah. you know? So we, we have to work together, plain and simple. I don't care what your issue is. If you want to date this person, you want to date that person, you are Republican, you are independent. I don't care. I love you, black man. I love you, black woman. We'll, let's put all that bull-ish aside. Let's talk about it. Because at the end of the day, the reason why this country was able to be captured is because those elite white people put all of their differences aside and they stood focused on the main objective, which was making us they niggas to make them money. And that's what they did. So we have to start utilizing those same strategies, putting all the bullshit aside everything and come to a common ground and say this is what we need and this is what we need to focus on if we want to have any kind of power in in in, in any kind of um policy uh, policies and in, in facts. elections facts facts so true so true all right well um we are getting near our time real quick before we go wrap this up um um real quick what yeah what um you want to talk about some new movies yeah some some new movies coming out um yeah so what movie what movie are you excited to see in september i'm excited to see uh right now tenant yes Um, which is out today in select city yeah um like I said, Christopher Nolan is one of my favorite directors. Um, Dark Knight trilogy, uh, Inception. Um, so I, um, I love, I love his cinematography um, and the way he crafts his stories in a lot, a non-linear way. And so, mm-hmm. and then the big thing is that this is the first time he's had a black lead, and so I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and David Washington is really come up fast. I mean, what? After Black Klansmen, and I, I have a theory too. I think that um, you know, people talk about not recasting Black Panther. Um, I think if you did, I think David Washington would be the way to go. I'm gonna tell you why, because yeah. Chadwick Boseman expressed that he wouldn't be where he is. Um, right. I, I told you this you know, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be where he is um, with was with Denzel, and so you know he's like almost like a spiritual son of Denzel, if you will. And mm-hmm. so what better way to 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 pass the torch than to have Denzel's biological son, you know, and, and, he, and he's had he's the same complexion. He I mean, I think, you know, and I think he's a stellar actor. I think it'd be great. Right. So, um, yes, he is. He is. He is showing proven him, himself, regardless of who your daddy is. He is improved. He's showing it's in his work. Yeah. So I don't care what your last name is. I don't care who your daddy is. It shows in your work that you are a great talent. He's a great actor. He uh, and when I was graduate, he, and he played. He played in the NFL for a couple of years, but he right, he yeah, acting. So exactly, know. that's why he played well in that uh, HBO series that he did in the um, the football series that they were having with him in the Rock that on HBO. I yes, the name yeah, of it. Ballers. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he did well in that. And and if they so if they want to continue with that and they need a male, uh, another male, because you know we all know with the comic book, Shuri is the next Black Panther. So if yeah. they did need to go with that, yes, I'm with you on that. Go with that. But if they're going a different route and sticking to the the uh script as far as the comic book, then Shuri. But if not, yeah, I'm with right. you on that. Yeah, I'm nah, with nah, you. Nah, don't get twisted. Yeah, now if they want to go with the comic book route, I would be that'd be awesome too. That'd yeah. Be, you know. That'd be, that'd be totally totally dope so yeah and have sherry take over so for sure so yeah right now exactly. um it's um i think that's the only thing coming out right now that i know of um well i'm gonna tell you in addition to the tenant on the 18th of this month um you have antebella coming out in select theaters and um video on demand have you heard about antebella with janelle monet you know what I read about it and I for, and I forgot what it's what's about, but I it's like it's that's a horror film, right? Yeah, and she's yeah. Like goes, she goes back. Yeah, so it's kind of like I'm pretty sure everybody is loving uh, Lovecraft Country, okay? So it's pretty much something on that realm because she's a 21st century writer. And she is, uh, she's an author and she's actually in being placed in the late night, like around a civil war area, uh-huh. era, <laughs> you know, so she, she is, is definitely different and it's definitely something that is interesting to me. I definitely want to see, um, as far as the directors are concerned, you have, uh, Gerard Bush and, uh, Christopher Rentz, um, not really, you know, big fans of, of, of everything, that they've done, but definitely as far as this is concerned, uh, this has caught my eye indeed. So yeah, I'm gonna check that out. because she's she um she was the the lead in the Homeland season two. Uh-huh. Uh I mean not Homeland, it's um Homecoming season two. Uh, um, Homecoming, oh yeah. And she was excellent. Excellent okay. for that. Yeah. Very, very good show. So yeah, she's um you know, she's definitely uh, a, a good actor, and so I definitely want to check that out for sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so those are the two films that I, I I'm definitely interested in seeing in the month of uh, September. Uh, in addition to anything that may come on uh, Netflix, like I'm hearing about the um, uh, the Netflix um, Chadwick Boseman actually did uh, a net a Netflix film with uh, Denzel Washington, I believe. Yes. Um, so that should be coming out. So in addition to the things as far as Netflix and concern and continuing to watch, you know, Lovecraft Country, um, those yeah. are just basically the films that I want to watch. Yeah, Lovecraft is definitely um what? Definitely incredible show. Um that's that's a whole nother man. They the the it's like these people gotta battle monsters, giant mm-hmm. vampire dogs, they gotta battle racists. Ghosts, mm-hmm. they are about a racist people, mm-hmm. <laughs> you right? Know, like, man, they they right. get it in the end. I mean, it's but I think, I think, um, the symbolism is very, mm. I love the symbolism because I feel like it's really showing that the real monsters and the real ghosts is racism, you know, mm-hmm. and it's showing mm-hmm. how in this universe it even permeates through the supernatural realm, which is very interesting. Mm, yes, and yes. you know J.J. Abrams and Jordan Peele. I mean, two 
I mean, two of the best to do it. Um, yes. I already loved J.J. Abrams before yeah. this happened. And then now they, they hooked, they connected. But we also can't forget, we, we can't leave out Miss Misha. She's also... Um, she's also a, a writer, okay. um, Misa, Misa, Misa Green. She is a writer on the show as well. Okay. So I don't want to live out, leave out this sister. You right. know, we got a black man doing something. We also got a sister that's, that's contributing to the writing too. And her name is Miss Misha Green. Okay. So they are awesome. definitely doing a damn thing when it's coming to this because they're only on episode three, but they got me like, I wish this was Netflix because I'm ready to binge. Right. right. <laughs> And that's that's, a, that's that's also a Georgia production too. So, um, yeah, it sure is. And so, um, yeah, so I'm trying to think of any other show coming out. Um, there's a show called The Boys that starts tomorrow, actually, season two. It's uh, mm-hmm. these superheroes, but they're they're good guys, but they do dirty stuff though. Like they're like they on the surface they're good, but like behind behind closed doors they do a lot of like underhanded evil things and mm. uh, season one was real good it's on amazon so season okay. two comes out comes out tomorrow and so yeah um looking forward to that okay i'm gonna check that out yeah, yeah it's pretty cool so um so yeah that's um about it um you know let's uh just real quick and tell people what you're working on um i know you're working on a documentary um right yes now. yes i am so I am working on a documentary. It's called Blood from a Turnip. Um, I've been working on it for a little over a year now. Of course, anybody knows that a documentary is going to take some time. And it's about financial literacy, <clears throat> excuse me, and how um, a greater percentage of Americans are in financial debt. Um, I speak to both sides of the spectrum with, of people from the point of view of uh, bill collectors, which I am an ex-bill collector. This is what actually gave me the idea to have this documentary and also to talk to other people on the other side that have been affected uh, by um, debt. So regardless of your situation, I was a bill collector calling people, telling them that they need to pay their debt. But in the meantime, I'm doing this so that I can make a living and also pay my debt. So, uh, you know, so this is just the life that I was living. And that's why I said, let me make a, a, a film about it. So I'm in the process of getting the uh, interviews going. Um, I have some interviews set up in uh, some more interviews set up in New York, some Philly. I have one um, in Maryland and uh, possibly one in Florida. So I'm not quite sure for right now, but right now I'm just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so right now it's just like, you know, um, Everything is coming together, and I definitely want to give a shout-out to uh, Mr. Kashim Brown. He is putting in the work behind the scenes. He is a producer that is uh, connecting with some really dope people that are that want to be a part of this documentary. And um, he connected me to someone yesterday who will be on the podcast at one point in time. She's an actress. She's a working actress. And uh, she is actually from Wisconsin. And... Uh, she was um <clears throat> she was in Wisconsin when uh Jacob Blake was shot uh right before he got shot but then she had to leave so she was giving me a little bit of insight on that of for uh growing up in Wisconsin but also uh her experience with uh her her student loans which is something that was just she was drowning yeah. in so that's something that I'm working on in addition to working with you on your first short yes, film yeah so um, I have a short film I'm, I'm in the middle of working on right now. 
Um, and uh, it's it's a let's say it's a thriller. It's a it's a drama, like a, a drama, a crime mm-hmm. crime drama, if you will. But it it it's kind of addresses some of the things going on now with police brutality and stuff. Um, and mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, it's um it's pretty cool the the way I'm crafting it. You know, it's kind of a the way the way the story is told the audience won't see what's coming at the end so you know yeah mm-hmm. get my feet wet yeah. and still I'm writing some uh still write, I'm writing a couple other projects um of a, of a comedy I'm working on this like really stupid mm-hmm. just off the wall stuff so kind of branch yeah. out do different things and so so yeah you know that's um that's what I'm doing right now so um you know to stay creative and you know just doing what we love. That's it. There you go. That's why I kept telling people I didn't move down here for no reason. I moved down here for a reason, right. and I'm just making it happen. And I'm glad that I've I made that decision to just uh, take that leap of faith and and do this because I've been here a little over two years, and and I'm building a foundation to the fact that one of uh, um, a fellow filmmaker from Philly who moved down here in February she's actually in the process of filming her feature film and now she would like you know help from me in regards to that so okay. i'll help be um a producer on the project right. and um so i'm doing that and hers is called the the reprisal so that's interesting and uh, she has a lot of stuff that uh she has going on so from me having my time frame down here and putting in the uh footwork and meeting and networking with other people i can now introduce those people to her to help her get her vision out for her first feature film so i'm pretty excited that's about awesome that's that. awesome yeah you gotta you know um as the as the great atlanta philosopher roger davis aka gucci man says stop being lazy that's you know that's a quote he said. And so, hey, anyone, whatever you're going after, you can't can't be lazy. Got to get up and get it. So, you know, that's that's what it is. And that's, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs> that's a wrap. That's <laughs> yes, all sir. Right, yeah. So, we appreciate you all tuning in. Um, like you said, we will uh, we will resume having uh, guests going forth. But um, just stay tuned. We have a lot of interesting people to talk to, and you know. That's a wrap. Yes, and make sure y'all give us some feedback. You can also reach us at beats and real R-E-E-L talk at gmail.com. Give us some feedback. Let us know some people that you might want us to interview and just different topics that you think that we might want to talk about within this world realm of uh film, music, or anything in between. And please leave until next leave time. Too. Oh, go ahead. Leave leave reviews also. Um please app, uh, Apple yes. Podcast or Spotify, whatever you use to stream, just just leave us a review and follow us. Yeah, follow us. Facebook, yeah. Instagram, subscribe, leave a review, Twitter, yeah, all that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, guys. So we are here. This has been another edition of Beats and Real Talk. I'm Danny, the filmmaker. I'm coming from Philly, repping and living the ATL life. And I'm Mr. Coleman ATL. Before for rep, we already know what it is. All right, we out. We out. Peace.